How are you this morning? <laughs> Just watching the children in the dedication room this morning, getting ready for uh, this service here. It's, a, it's an awesome time, but I was also watching them eat cinnamon rolls two at a time. So I hope someone's filming this, because it could be epic. But get your Bibles out this morning. I have some encouragement from God's Word for you, and uh, we're in Psalm 103 today. We get uh, Psalm 103. Our target verses are verses 12 through 14. I'm going to read uh, starting in verse 8 in just a minute. Let's just thank God for the word this morning. Father, we just thank you this morning that we could come here and worship you together as brothers and sisters, Lord, that we can come and hear your word and that we could dedicate our children, which is something that's an honor. Children are a blessing from the Lord. And Father, we focus on them today. And Lord, we just ask that as the word goes forth, Lord God, that we would be able to hear what you're saying to us as parents so that we'd have something to apply to our lives on Monday. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of this message, and it's an encouragement to all of us as a church and as parents, and especially to those who are dedicating children today, is strengthening your child's faith. That's really our job as parents, more than anything else, to develop our child in the ways of the Lord and to develop their faith in such a way that they would have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now the psalmist says some pretty incredible things here in Psalm 103, and I'm going to read them to you starting in verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those that fear him. For he himself knows our frame, and he is mindful what we are made of. And the, the psalmist is showing us here that God in heaven understands us as his children. And more than anything else, we need to understand that we have a heavenly father that loves us. As we decide to be godly parents, we have to look to our heavenly father as our example. Now, if you've been a parent for more than 15 minutes, you know that raising children is not for the faint of heart. Can I get an amen? Amen. You, raising children is the hardest thing you'll ever do. It is something that will take your time, your energy, your attention, all your strength, every bit of wisdom you have. And then at moments in life, you're going to come up and say, I have no idea what to do with these little bundles of joy that you gave me. Thank you, Jesus. Raising children is not for the faint of heart. It takes guts. It takes wisdom. It takes faith. And to be a good parent, it takes the divine strengthening of the Lord. If we're to raise godly children in this generation, let me tell you something. You're going to need more than your own strength and your own wisdom. You're going to need God to help you do the job. Someone say amen. Now, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. So that's our job as parents, to be trainers. Realize, God didn't call us to be drill sergeants. 
He called us to be trainers, to be coaches, and to be those who train children. Why? Because children are raw material, and they are impressionable, and they can be shaped. And listen, whether we do it purposefully or not, everything we do and say is shaping our children into who they are. You think about it as parents, our children quickly and easily pick up our bad habits but you can spend a lifetime trying to train them to do certain things that are good. And so understand we're trainers. Now, I've heard many parents in our generation, even myself at times, say with a frustrated heart, you know what, children today are unteachable. You always hear this about the next generation. It was never us, we were good little angels. But this generation, they're unteachable. They don't listen. They think they know everything. And it's impossible to train them to do anything. Pastor, you're saying train up a child. I don't know. It doesn't seem possible to train these kids these days. Listen to me. It's not easy. But if you've been to SeaWorld, you've noticed that they've trained porpoises to play basketball. (laughs) If you've been to SeaWorld, you know they train killer whales to jump through hoops and balance fish on their nose. If they can do that, we can train our children to know God. It just takes effort. It just takes commitment. It just takes the same passion that God has towards us. At times, it'll be frustrating to be a parent. At times, it will be frustrating to try and train them when it seems like they're not listening to a thing we say and they want to do the exact opposite of what we're teaching. But understand something this morning. They are listening. They are watching. And even though it seems that they don't get it at the moment, it's getting in them. Look what the scripture says. Train them up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. So we are coaches, we are teachers, we are trainers. Now with a little humility and creativity and patience and a lot of prayer, we can train our children to be godly people. There's three things from this psalm that I want to point out this morning, three ways to strengthen our children's faith. The first is this. If we want to strengthen our children's faith, number one, we have to point them towards the Savior. Amen. Notice the beautiful nativity scene. Notice who the star of the scene is. It's Jesus. Why? Because unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior. He is our Savior. Now, we say that word, and sometimes we don't let the implications of what it means touch our hearts. But the fact that Jesus came and was born in a manger, died on the cross, placed in a tomb, and rose from the dead is the fact that you and I can be saved from our sin and have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Come on, if you're thankful for that this morning, put your hands together and thank the Lord. seeing some people not clapping. Your salvation is now revoked. (laughs) What an awesome thing to know Jesus as Savior. Amen. Amen. A lot of us grew up in churches where we heard about Jesus, but we never got to have a relationship with him. Our children need a relationship with the Lord, and it's our job as parents to point them toward the Savior. The number one priority of our lives should be to develop our children's spirituality. Why? Because each of us have an issue that needs to be dealt with, and that issue is the issue of sin. All of us are sinners. Now, listen, Mom, I know your little angel seems like they're the only non-sinful child ever born besides Jesus. But I got to tell you, all of us have sinned. We were born with it. And as soon as we can confirm the fact that we were sinners, by sinning, we did. And I'm a sinner saved by grace. And this morning, 
I want you to understand that our children need to be introduced to the Savior. This morning, the greatest introduction we can ever make to them is that we introduce them to Christ. Now, there are a lot of things in this world that will be distractions. There are a lot of things in this world that will pull the attention away from what is really important in life. But no one ever laid on their deathbed wishing they spent more time at work or they had more degrees or they you know, had uh, more in the bank. People all the time lay there and say, I wish I would have made room for God in my life. The psalm says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Jesus forgives sins. And that's why we have to introduce our children to the Savior. Now, whose sins does he forgive? Those who attend church? No, you can sit in church and not change at all. Sitting in a church doesn't make you a Christian any more than sleeping in a garage makes you a car. <laughs> whose sins does he forgive? Those who mean well? No, those who do more good than bad. Isn't that what religion teaches us? Religion says if you do more good than bad, you know, you'll slip into heaven on a curve because God grades on a curve. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches all of sin and come short of the glory of God and that there's no un name under heaven but Jesus where which we must be saved. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. This relationship with Christ should be the thing we're training our kids and all the things we teach them. We need to teach them to make sure their spirituality is in place. Whose sins does God forgive? His favorites? No, God doesn't have any favorites. Whose sins does God forgive? The one who fears him. That's what the scripture says. The one who fears the Lord and the one who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. That means he remembers them no more. You see, pastor, how in the world do I teach my children this? You bring them to a church that teaches the truth about God's word. You teach them by your lifestyle. Make God the centerpiece of your life as parents. Make God the centerpiece of your home. Listen to me. Don't let sports and work and leisure and entertainment replace the importance of God in our lives. Our children are watching, and we need to bring them to the Savior. Number two, the second thing we need to do to strengthen our children's faith, besides bringing them to Jesus, is this. Model compassion for them. We need to model God's compassion for them. You know, your children look to you, mom and dad, more than anything else. And they're going to, they'll listen to your words most of the time until they get to be teenagers, then they won't. But they're going to watch your actions more than anything. You and I have to model for them what God's compassion is. Look what verse 13 says. As a father has compassion on his children, it is normal and natural for parents to have compassion on their children. You know, uh, my children grew up, uh, one's 19, one's 16, playing sports all the time, basketball, baseball, football. I, I haven't been to many games where parents are rooting against their children. Have you ever? You know, your, your son's up to bat, and you're like, come on, strike him out. He's no hitter. <laughs> you know, he's at the foul line. He's going to miss. He can't shoot. Choke, choke, choke. You root for your children, don't you? Yes. 
I mean, that's normal. It's natural. In fact, we, we had one family that the, the father was vocally, you know, he would, he would just like, you know, talk down his own son the whole time. And we just thought, you know, what a horrible thing to do from the stands. He just wanted to like buy him four or five donuts and stick them in his mouth and be quiet. But you root for your children. You love your children. You want to see them succeed. When they're up to bat, when they're at the foul line, we're on the athletic field, you're, you're always in their corner. And that's a good thing because we have to model compassion for them. Now, listen to me. While compassion comes naturally to us as parents, this is also true. Sometimes we as parents are the hardest and the least gracious towards our own children. Well, I expect more from you, or you have my last name, or you have to raise up to this standard. And there are times where parents can be the least gracious to their own children. There are times where, you know, we, we cannot show them compassion, but we're a little bit too hard on them. You know, Ephesians 6.4 tells us not to provoke our children. It says that... Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord or the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. But don't provoke them to anger. Do you know you can be so hard on a child that you break their spirit? Do you know you can expect so much from them that the burden becomes crushing to them? And the Bible tells us not to do that. I'll never forget one time when I was out with my oldest son and we were turkey hunting and we were in the woods and he was just a little guy all camoed up and we were chasing birds and we had to move and we had to get someplace to get in front of these birds because, you know, it was time to hustle. So we grabbed our decoys and we grabbed our stuff and, and, we're, and we're moving and he's moving too slow for dad. So I'm like, come on, hurry up. And he stops right in the middle of the cornfield in the mud and he says, hey, give me a break. I'm little. <laughs> Don't you know that hit me right in the feelers? And I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, we, we can slow down a little bit here. 250 pounds, full camo, 12 gauge on my back, but just broke. Because, you know, sometimes we can be so hard on them. And it, and it, and it takes them saying, hey, give me a break. <laughs> Someone just got it. We've got to be compassionate towards our own children. Sometimes we're the only one that's going to be in their corner. It's a tough world out there, and it's a hard world out there. And they need to know we're with them and we're for them. And that we don't just drive them, but we lead them as good coaches. So let's show our children compassion. Let's show them the compassion of God. It's so important for us to do that. And I want to say something. Don't nag your children. Mothers. <laughs> You're trying to look all innocent out there. But I want to tell you, don't nag your children. It is dead quiet, except for the fathers who are very happy right now. You see, nagging is not a spiritual gift. Well, you know, I mean, and no one can nag you like your own mother, right? My own, my own mother's right there, so I got to be careful. She, she can hit me with her shoe from there. She's done it before. But, but there has to come this. We got to tell them. We got to encourage them. But there comes a point where we nag them and it really just forces them to, to rebel against us. And nagging is uh, something that comes to the point of diminishing returns. Sometimes we need to just be a listening ear. Listen to me, parents. Sometimes we need to just listen without telling them what to do, without giving them advice, without giving them, you know, demands. Just listen. Sometimes we need to give them a break. My wife always says this. You know, sometimes we just need to give them a break. They're having a bad day. Everybody has a bad day. When you and I have a bad day, what do we want? We want a break. 
Sometimes your kids need a break. Sometimes we need to pray for them in secret and out loud. Sometimes we need to just lay hands on our kids and pray to the Father for them and just pray and let them hear our hearts expressed towards God for them. Sometimes we need to get in our prayer closet where there's nobody else and cry out to the Lord. Listen, we should do a lot more praying for them than nagging. We should do a lot more praying for them than provoking them. We should do a lot more praying for them than being judgmental of them. We should never say things like, you'll never amount to nothing or why can't you be like your brother or your sister? Wow. Our words are powerful. We model compassion for them. Remember, sometimes we need to run to the Father and let him be our strength in these situations so that we can model compassion and not drive them away from the Lord. Number three, the last thing here, and I'm gonna close down with this. Now, if you've been around, you know when a preacher says he's gonna close down, that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> this could go on forever here. So the third thing I wanna give to you from Psalm 103 is this. We need to remind them that they're only human and so are we. You know, many times as parents, we get harsh on our children and, you know, we're, we're speaking to them as if we were saints when we grew up and we never did anything wrong. <laughs> Come on now. And listen to me. They can smell hypocrisy from a mile away. They, they talk to their grandparents about how you were. We have to remind them that they're only human and so are we. You've heard people say like, show them what you're made of. Have you ever heard that? Well, God knows exactly what we're made of, and it's why he sent Jesus to die for us. If you want to strengthen your child's faith, make sure they know the point of verse 14. Psalm 104, uh, Psalm 103, 14 says, For he himself knows our frame. He's mindful that we are dust. Did you hear that? God knows what we're made of, Pastor Mike, and he knows that we're just dust. What does that mean? He knows we're prone to weakness. Our heavenly father knows this, that we're easily deceived and easily distracted. We live in a distracted generation. In fact, you know, there are times where we set off to do one thing and, and we just get so distracted so quickly. And uh, I mean, have you ever went to clean a room and you found something you had lost for several months? Come on, guys know what I'm talking about. And then you play with it for a half an hour, but you never clean or you forgot why you walked into the room. I walk into rooms all day. I have no idea why I'm here. I no idea what I can. Now I have to go to the bathroom. I have to leave. So strengthening our child's faith means that we, we show them that we're human. They're human. Not to expect so much from themselves. And, and God says he knows our frame. He's mindful that we are but dust. We're weak. We're easily deceived. We're prone to wander. We've all faltered and failed. We've all fallen more times than we want to know our kids to know about. And do we create this persona of perfection to them because we're afraid if they know what we did, they'll do it too. And really it's transparency that's better than creating this image that's not real. Even those who love God the most blow it all the time. And God knows that about us. On our best days, in our best moments, all of us need Jesus so much because we're lost without him. Just a friendly reminder to every parent here about what your children deal with on a daily basis. They deal with the fallen sin nature and all the appetites that come with it, just like all of us do. 
They deal with a persuasive, persistent spiritual enemy that entices them to sin at every turn. They deal with an aggressive world that pressures them and harasses them to conform. And they deal with all the challenges in their spiritual DNA that they inherited from you. Well, let that settle in for a second. Usually the child in the family that annoys you the most is the one that's most like you. Hello? Oh, that kid drives me nuts. And you hear one parent saying, and you're like, man, they're exactly like you. That's why they drive you nuts. <laughs> and where do they get that from? It's not their fault. Sometimes you hear people say things like, he's his father's son. And sometimes that's not a compliment. <laughs> so they've got a lot to deal with. Let's be patient with them. Let's be compassionate with them. Let's be someone who can be the voice of God to them in moments where they're stressed out and they're overwhelmed and they don't know what to do either. I'm gonna close with these four things. Make sure your children knows these four things. Make sure that they know it from you. Number one, you're not perfect, but you've learned a few things along the way. None of us are perfect, but you know what? It's not our first rodeo and we've learned a few things along the way. Hopefully our children can learn from us if we're humble enough to stop acting perfect and just share with them honestly about what we wish we would have never done. Number two, they don't ever have to pretend to be strong when they're not. We need children who can come to us and be real. Number three, that you're gonna love them and be in their corner no matter what they do. This is so important, church. Please get this. Your children need to know that you're on their team, that you're for them, and that you'll always be there. Number four, God can handle anything and everything that they bring to him. Teach your children to bring their issues to the Lord. Teach your children to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that the cinnamon rolls are wearing off. But now it's time to dedicate our children to the Lord. Sister Kim.